Hey there, and welcome to episode number 18 of the Melbourne Northern Suburbs podcast. My name is Adam Roach, and I'll be your host. So in today's episode, I'm joined with Sandra Santor from Lasting Lessons, and I'm here with Eddie, my little co-host. Say hi. Hi. So Lasting Lessons is a literacy education centre for kids from preschool years all the way up to about year nine. So Sandra gives us a, a great outline of her business and what they do there at Lasting Lessons, including the benefits of Lego. Now Sandra is also an accredited tutor and a member of the Australian Tutoring Association. And she's done lots of things in the education department, so she really knows what she's talking about. So I hope you guys really enjoy this interview. And thank you again to my sponsors, Bung Pai Thai Massage in Bandura, uh, Proactive Self Defense in Thomastown, and also Ray White in Mill Park. So let's go over the interview now with Sandra Santor. Okay, so here I am with Sandra from Lasting Lessons. Welcome. Thank you. Now, first of all, can you tell us exactly what is Lasting Lessons? Okay, wow, that's a good first question, I think. <laughs> Lasting Lessons is a literacy education centre whereby we offer a number of students to provide literacy instruction to students ranging from preschool years all the way to about year eight and year nine. There's a number of different programs that we offer there at Lasting Lessons. So firstly, we have small group sessions. The small groups are usually for students of six to eight. Keep it really small so that we can keep the instruction pretty much individualised for them. And those groups are for students maybe that are needing some type of intervention. And we call it short, sharp and sweet. There might be some difficulties that they're experiencing at school or maybe some language issues that they're experiencing in kinder. And then they can come to lasting lessons for maybe a 10-week program to support them with those particular needs. That's great. And you're in Bundura, aren't you? Yeah, based in Bundura. So the other particular program that we offer is individualised instruction. So they're for students that have particular challenges that are being presented in the school environment. Some of the interventions at school may not have worked for a particular reason, and then they come to Lasting Lessons and get that customised instruction tailored for them. Oh, that's good. Yep. And how long's the company been going for? So I, uh, the the seed was planted many years ago. Yeah. And the dream has developed over time to be able to do this. And we started in April this year. We opened the doors up in April this year. So I'm really excited about that. So it's just getting out there and getting the word out there? <laughs> it's getting the word out there. It's um, letting the schools know in the local area that the service is available. Yep. Because intervention within the school setting can often be quite costly and quite time consuming. So schools can actually consider me as an auxiliary service okay. that they can refer their families on to as okay. well. Yeah. So do you go into the schools as well? Or the mainly the kids go to you? The kids come to me. Yep. And the, most of the students come in after school hours. I have some students that come during school hours. But yes. schools have actually found that quite favourable because they're of the understanding that when you try to compare a one-hour literacy instruction session mm. compared to one hour at school in an environment with 20 other children, you really yeah. can't match that. Yeah, yeah, You can't match and marry that. So schools are quite favourable to see their students yeah. maybe come out of school for an hour or so to come and receive that instruction at lasting lessons. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I was going to say that because, I mean, you always see that. I mean, I know because I teach guitar at schools, but 
you know, especially in the group lessons, that one that's a little bit behind, and then the other ones that you know, that are a little bit more advanced. It's hard to get that one-on-one time with them, unless they do a private lesson, of course. So I guess one, it's a sort yeah. of similar type thing. One-on-one's incredibly important because the saying goes that in grade prep one and two, you're learning to read. Yeah. And then in grade three onwards, you're reading to learn. So if there are those gaps in those early years, in those grade, in that grade prep one and two, from grade three onward, it's really hard to catch up. And the teachers are rushed through curriculum through no choice of their own. Yeah, yeah. And that's when they understand and appreciate a service like lasting le- lessons because the students can then come in and we can strip them back. We can bring them back hmm. to those uh, literacy skills and understandings that they needed back in grade prep one and two that they're now missing in grade three onwards. Yep. So my biggest cohort, Adam, of students that come in are actually in year five and six. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you can see that something must happen hmm. in year five and six where um, those basic pre-literacy, those basic literacy skills mm. are missing, yep. and they're needing that extra tuition, that extra one-on-one, just to bring them up to speed, especially yeah. when they're getting ready for secondary school. Yeah, well, that's yeah. a big, big jump. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and how about so? What's the youngest you go to? My youngest puppet is three at the moment. Oh, yeah. So she has a combination of speech therapy externally, mm-hmm. and then she comes to see me as well. And the reason why she comes to see me is a, a really important pre-literacy skill for little ones when they're three, so for the ages three to five, yeah. is rhyming skills. And she really struggles with that. So most of our lessons really concentrate on rhyming. So it's not about um, knowing the letter names or knowing the letter sounds. Yeah. It's really about learning how to have that skill in rhyming to prepare her for the pre-literacy skills that are to come. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, my daughter's three as well. So yeah. It's good to know what they should be up to. And yeah, 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 yeah. Rhyming. Do as much rhyming as you can. Yeah. Absolutely. So if you say cat, she can say hat. Okay, I'll look into that. Bang Pai Thai Massage. We offer massages in relaxation, Thai and deep tissue. We open every day from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Come on in and see us at number 11 13 20 Plenty Road, Bandura, or call us on 9466 8996 to make an appointment. Like us on Facebook or become a member to get discounts. Sawadika. Now, about the, the Lego, I know you had things mm. about Lego on there as well. Yeah, I'm really excited about that program. So mm. we have a, a social skills class for young children to support them with their social skills uh, skills not only within the classroom setting but externally as well so anything that they learn at lasting lessons we support them in generalizing that skill out in the school community and out in the um the normal community as well and lego you can't go wrong Lego is a great uh, tool to try to teach the students things like turn-taking, sharing, the um, reciprocal conversation that they need to have. I would like a red one. Do you have a red one? And then people reciprocate into that type of um, question, that type of response. We learn a lot about emotions. And not only about tapping into our own emotions, but tapping into the emotions of our peers. And that's really important because little little guys, mm. they're pretty insular little poppets. 
And they tend to very much feel that the world is theirs and they need to know about their surroundings and the other peers that are in their world as well. Some students that come to see me, Adam, that come to the social skills program may have an additional disability or developmental delay. Mm. So they may, have, they may be on the autism spectrum. They may have an attention deficit disorder, for example. Uh, and they come in because there's some challenging behaviours that they want mm. to not necessarily, um, not necessarily eradicate, but teaching the students how to cope with those particular behaviours. Okay. So things like learning um, how to lose graciously, that's all right. I know some adults that might be able to benefit from that one too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the Lego just acts as a tool for them so that they can come mm. in, feel comfortable. It's something that they're really good at. Sometimes these students that come in to see me for social skills that have an additional disability or a developmental delay, they're very much facing what I would call a deficit model. So they're regularly told what they can't do. So at least they can come into Lego and they're the superstars. They're the Lego experts and I empower them because I become the student and they tell me what to do. That's good. And do you find, is it, like the, sometimes the teachers that come to you to say, hey, to work on this kid, or is it always the parent? I think it's a combination of both, Adam. I think yeah. it's, I call it parent instinct. So mum and dad will know that something in particular is not gelling correctly, but it also stems back from the schools as well. So yeah. the kindergarten setting, the childcare setting and the school setting, the staff members might flag that there are particular challenges and particular issues, mm. address it with mum and dad, and mum and dad's next obvious question is, then what's next? What do I do? Yeah. And the schools and the kinders and the childcare settings can then make the referrals on to lasting lessons to okay. receive those particular services. I'm really big on um, parents following their parent instinct. They can often find that quite co- confrontational when they're dealing with the services for their children, like school or kindergarten or childcare, where they may feel that they're being dismissed. They may feel that they're being told things like the child will grow out of it. Or the one that we hear a lot of is he's a boy and he'll just catch up. But parent instinct is huge. And when they do come and see me, the first thing I do is give them a high five and a hug and tell them congratulations and well done for listening to your parent instinct. Yeah, because I guess, I mean, it's hard as hell in the schools because, I mean, again, teacher got, what, 28 kids or whatever it is there. And even with the report writing, I noticed, I think you had on your side as well, where a lot of it is the comment banks. Unless you get that one-on-one time with the teacher, they put you aside and say, hey, I think your child needs extra you know, support, support yeah. in a particular area. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, when I'm liaising with teachers, I can see... Adam, how pained they are because they'll recognise that some form of intervention, some form of support or service is required, but the school system is not geared up to be able to offer that to the level that that child needs. So um, you can understand and appreciate that they're quite knowledgeable in knowing what's needed, but then their hands are tied and they can't do it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I must mention in regards to the schooling system is the schooling system is a very mandated system. There are so many checks constantly. There are so many 
administrative duties that teachers must constantly cover mm. as mandated from the people above. But what happens is in being mandated to that level, one thing that the Department of Education does fail to mandate is the literacy programs that schools should actually be using. So unlike other countries like the US and in England, they have done their homework and have only chosen evidence-based programs in literacy for the schools to use. Mm. Our schools are left to use their own professional judgment, but in doing so, there are often mistakes. So we have kids that are being exposed to literacy programs that are not evidence-based and aren't necessarily meeting their particular needs. What ends up happening is they are sent to intervention, like a literacy intervention group, a pull-out group. And in those particular pull-out groups, they're still not using evidence-based programs. And I'll give you a couple of them. So some of them are things like reading recovery in year one, and another one's called LLI, that's used quite popularly in the school system. So level literacy instruction. They are programs that won't necessarily support someone with dyslexia, for example. And yet it's the program that's given to students with dyslexia. Parents can often become really big advocates of those programs because they feel that finally their child's getting some type of support. Not knowing, however, that maybe the support is the wrong type of support. The other reason why parents can be really big advocates of those programs and why teachers can be really big advocates of those programs is that they see gains. So they might um, assess them at a particular reading level and then three months down the track they're at a higher reading level. Where those programs let families down and where those programs let the teachers down is that there are no long-term gains and that's what the research is showing. And again, that's where lasting lessons can fit in and provide those evidence-based programs to ensure that they're getting exactly what they rightfully rightfully need. And do you find as a change over the years, like the, the age and the level, what they should be up to regarding reading and, or anything to do with that? For example, like maybe 20 years ago, I might say, okay, grade one, you've got to know this amount of words. Mm-hmm. But now, due to the internet and everything else, you know, they might be learning quicker with reading and literacy. Or is it pretty much say the same? I think, I mean, under the national curriculum, it stipulates what their benchmarks need to be. So it does say at the end of year two, they need to do this. and the end of year three, they need to be able to do this in literacy. Where it's fading, though, is it doesn't talk about specific skills. So they might say, for example, that by the end of year one, they need to know these particular sight words. But what they're failing to do is that they're actually teaching sight words not in a phonetic manner. So the actual skill to be able to attack a word that is unknown to them, that's not what's being taught. That's where the difference lies. So it goes back to that huge whole language debate. And is the whole language approach really servicing the children properly and allowing them those word attack skills to decode and encode when they come across a word that they're unfamiliar with? Yeah. So the expectations probably haven't changed over the years from when you and I were probably back at school. Yeah. But it's the way, it's the pedagogy, it's the way that we actually go about teaching them that has changed yeah, for sure. over the years. Yeah. Martial arts, Muay Thai kickboxing, 
fitness and self-defense. Over 50 classes per week, beginners to advanced. Separate junior, little dragons, and adult-only classes. Casual classes or value memberships. Come try a free introductory class at Proactive Self-Defense. Factory 8, Brock Street, Thomastown. Phone 9464-4546. ProactiveSelfDefense.com Come to Proactive Self-Defense! Uh, now, how about with your, your background? Because I noticed on the site you've done a lot of things before doing this. So you talk about a bit about that, what you've done before Lasting Lessons. So I've been teaching for approximately 180 years. Um, I have taught in an early intervention setting where we're preparing poppets to go to school. I've taught in the TAFE systems, teaching VCAL. And then I've taught in both the Catholic, private and the government systems across from P to 12. Apart from that, I'm a bit of a glutton for study so i've got a couple of degrees under my belt being warned by my husband that if i study again i think he might send me to the divorce lawyer <laughs> <laughs> so i'm really big on research and contemporary practices another part of my role has been to act as a parent advocate initially starting with parents that have children with asd autism because I have my own child who has autism, and then using those advocacy skills to support and empower parents who have children that struggle with their literacy, whether there be a diagnosis like dyslexia there or whether there's not that diagnosis there, Mm -hmm. but empowering them and ensuring that they're getting the supports that they actively need. What other hats have I worn? I'm a mum. That's a big hat. Yeah, that's a huge (laughs) hat. So two boys. One just about to enter his VCE exams and I pat myself on the back because I feel like I'm going to pass VCE at the end of the year. (laughs) And the other one is in his last term of of year seven. Yeah, so that's pretty exciting. So pretty much always been in the teaching system. Yeah, I've worked in the disability sector, so I have a massive background in special education and in supporting people with additional needs. One of my roles was initially to support people with additional needs into gaining fulfilling employment. So a huge advocate also for people that have additional needs and ensuring that they have the opportunities and the gates open just as much as anybody else. So that combination of my background in working in additional needs and my background in teaching has led to me opening Lasting Lessons. Yeah, so on your website, people can go there and check out all the the timetables and the fees and everything as well? Absolutely. So the website is trying to be as user-friendly as possible. I update the timetable on a weekly basis so that parents can see what availability is there and then the um, dates are updated every term to let the parents also know of the dates when the particular programs run. No problem. And yeah, so you said before you're in Bandura, how are you in your team now? Well, at the moment, I'm proud to say that I recently recruited an admin assistant. So the lovely Candace has joined me on two day, two afternoons a week, and she's an absolute godsend because. 
as any teacher would know, we have a love-hate relationship with a machine called the laminator. Yeah. And Candace is coming in as my professional laminator, my professional filer, my professional resource maker. And the beauty of having someone like Candace in at the moment is it allows me to continue working on those individualized lessons for the students so I can focus in that area. My goal is to soon recruit another teacher, not only with a background and passion for literacy, but also with that understanding that we are here to empower the families and empower the schools in providing them with as much information as possible regarding contemporary practices for teaching literacy. So stay tuned, people out there, because there's a role coming up soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll advertise on here, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So is it in most schools around uh, the northern suburbs? Like people know about, like the schools know about your service? Yes, yeah. yep. So all the way from, let's say, um, Diamond Creek and the Preston end, yep. the Epping end, and then all the way up to the Whittlesea end. So, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. So for any parents out there, yeah, not sure about it and um, want to talk to their teacher, is that the best way to talk to them and say, hey, I think my child might need some more extra classes and then they'll put them onto you? Or they can just reach straight out to you? They can reach straight out to me. And yeah. one of the things that I can do to support parents is there's a list of what I call hard and fast questions that I can email to them and they can ask the school the hard and fast questions. So depending on the responses to those questions, you can then determine as a parent that, yep, the school's able to cater for me, able to cater for my child, provide the literacy supports and the literacy interventions that my child needs or no, for various reasons, they've been really honest and upfront and said that they can't do that and then maybe lasting lessons can step in to fill in that gap. Great. So if they email me and the email's on the website, yep. I can send those hard and fast questions out. Okay. Now, so over the holidays, are you closed over the December and January? So in America, Adam, they call it summer slide. Yeah. Okay. And we don't, we don't want the summer slide here in Australia as well. The way that I've described it to one young man the other day that I had um, one of my year five students is, at the moment, football players are on the off-season. But you're not going to see the football players on off-season, sit in front of the TV, eating chocolate and chips all afternoon, not working out, because they've got muscle memory, and their muscle memory needs to continue with those workouts and the training that they need to do over the off-season. Because if they don't, come February, March, when they go back to playing AFL again, they're going to be working double as hard. And the same applies to kids and their beautiful muscle memory with their brain and that they need to ensure that they continue with those literacy skills over the summer. So what we do over the summer period is we work on a, over the term break and summer period, is we'll work on what I call a a modified schedule. So rather than having students coming in the evening, because we're all on summer vacation during that time, they can come during the day and lessons will run from 9 o'clock to 5 o'clock and they can continue on with their one hour lessons over the over the summer period just to ensure that they continue keeping those literacy skills fresh that's great and that they don't have to come back then in february and we have to revisit areas that maybe they've forgotten so they've got to think themselves like athletes and that even on the off season they've got to keep working hard at it that's really good all right well thanks very much again for coming down you're very welcome i've really enjoyed these yeah and uh, hopefully everyone listening check out the site in the the link in the notes and uh, click straight on and you can Find out more about Lasting Lessons. That's great.
Thanks, Adam. No worries. Thank you. Thank you. So I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Now, join me next week where I've got my interview with Terry from the Australian Anti-Ice Campaign. And then I'll be finishing up the this year with one more podcast after that. Don't forget, if you are interested in the sponsorship or being on the podcast, please let me know. And we'll hopefully we'll get you on next year. So until the next podcast, keep smiling. Keep smiling.